wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian Mr. Fretz. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the Effing Great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening to you are listening to you are listening to then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now enjoy the show. Are you ready? Delicious podcast here. Welcome to episode 229 of the YLP podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me. Kicking off your Extreme Rules weekend. It's Friday night. Enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, Appreciate it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday. Get live day. You know, it feels good. You know, first week back, you know, still getting back into the swing of things. But yes, Friday is always, for the most part, most people's favorite day of the week because they like to go into the weekend. And of course, unfortunately for me, it is Extreme Rules Weekend. And they are calling it the horror show. But in my world, they are calling it the horror show for a much different reason. Because between you and me, honestly, this, I think they picked the right name for this show. And I was going to keep it above with y'all because that's not what I normally do. I don't try to, you know, shoot little shit when it comes to this type of stuff. This will, this could probably end up being one hell of a horror show, and not in the way you think it's going to be. I, for the life of me, sit here, July 17, 2020, not even close to feeling motivated to want to watch this show, not even close to feeling like they put any investment in. Then again, I haven't watched the, really the last two, three weeks of SmackDown, and I don't watch Raw, especially after the horrific uh, ratings that uh, Raw received this past week with the uh, worst rating in the history of the show that is Monday Night Raw. 1.5 out 
five. Whew, my God. And then on top of that, you had what I heard a show last Friday that was good in the week in the first half and good in the, uh, it might have been good in the first half week in the second half um, two weeks ago but a lot of people last week were not really feeling last week's episode and tonight is the go home episode for Smackdown and as far as I know I will be live tweeting for the go home show for Smackdown live tonight um, over on my Twitter page and I'll be telling you all that towards the end of the show Let's let's really uh, I've dreaded this day. Normally I like doing a Friday show. We're, we're, you know, of course we're gonna be talking about Light the Fuse later on. We're gonna be talking about the uh, Fight for the Fallen episode that was AEW Dynamite. Thoroughly enjoyed that. I'm not gonna enjoy this. Because this, fortunately, is your extreme rules. The Horror Show Preview and Predictions. Looking at this card, I pulled this card up last night, and I just sat here on the couch for about an hour, and as there was telly going on or whatever, I really just looked at this card and asked myself, Self, what would you be willing to do other than watching Extreme Rules, the horror show, this Sunday night, live on the WWE Network. And I said, self, I would literally take a nap. I would literally work out for three hours. I would literally give my dog a bath, which I kind of have to this weekend because she's smelling kind of stanky. I, could, I would literally watch an actual television show. For most of you who don't know, I don't really watch TV that much. Um, besides ESPN, FS1, sports shit. Nine times out of ten, if I'm not watching, if I'm watching TV, guarantee you it's literally on some sports shit. I'm, I'm literally watching it right now, just flipping through on on my Espen. You know what I mean? Looking at stuff. Ooh, I'm not game at all. Literally, I'll just put on a game or whatever. And literally just have that in the background while looking at that, while watching, while recording this stuff for you guys. I would literally watch Cornhole. I would literally watch an Uno tournament. I would literally have no problem watching a Magic the Gathering tournament. Now, there's not a knock on Magic the Gathering. I would literally, I would literally watch a Pokemon tournament. Go on. I'm being dead ass serious. I would literally do. I would literally shave my back. And I think I would have more fun doing that than I probably will this Sunday, watching Extreme Rules. Now I know, I know, I know. I'm being negative, but can you fucking blame me? Let's be real with this shit. Can you blame me? Look, 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 look at the card we're getting this Sunday. We got Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt in a, in a swamp fight that was literally just done yesterday, according to WrestleVotes, after a good amount of delays. 
we have Apollo Crews versus MVP for the United States Championship. And I'm going to get into that. I'm going to get into how much I really do not like this match either. We've got Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins in an eye for an eye match where the match can only be won when one competitor extracts an eye of their opponent. The only match, literally, I am interested on this card is Asuka versus Sasha Banks. I'm not interested in Bailey and Nikki Cross. I've seen that already. Seeped it. And on top of that, why in the absolute fuck am I getting Drew McIntyre versus Dolph fucking Ziggler for the WWE Championship one month before SummerSlam? Or more than likely, McIntyre will be facing Randy Orton for the championship. And I've been seeing reports that um, Randy Orton might be the one to take the championship away from Drew McIntyre. Just, um, I don't fucking know. Four months after he won that bitch. Really. Really. This card looks like ass. On top of that, Dolph Ziggler, all he didn't earn shit. He didn't win seven straight matches or, you know, beat the top guys and, you know, in, in the whole main event scene to earn a shot. No, all he did was ask. Now, I can go to my boss and ask for a raise. More than likely, I ain't gonna fucking get it. For Dolph Ziggler, you know can just, you know, bitch and moan and Drew McIntyre will just give him a shot at the championship. Bailey versus Nikki Cross. I I, for, I don't even know why we're doing this shit. I, again, I haven't watched the past two, three weeks of SmackDown, so honestly, I'll have, look at, I'll have to look at Wikipedia and see what the hell they're talking about with this shit. Do you see what the fuck I'm working with here? This is what this this shit here right here this shit this is what I have to work with and predict and try to actually act like I give a fuck. Man, shit. take me a sip of water real quick. That alkaline water, baby, so good, so smooth. Yeah, I'm on one today, people. I literally have been thinking about this all day at work. How in the absolute hell I'm going to try to make this as positive as I possibly can. And unfortunately, I fucking can. You got Bruce Pritchard around here running ragged trying to book two shows at the same goddamn time. Okay. After, you know, they said, you know, Heyman fam, you good. You know, we're going to relieve you of your executive duties because fuck you. Um, okay, that's, that's just how I thought about it in my head. Don't mind me. I know there's reports and shit. And, yeah, I don't care. I don't know why every time I try to, every time I try to hear some bullshit, um, you know, just... Ah. <sighs>
just, I, I don't know, man. I really don't know. I just don't know anymore. I really don't. WWE makes my makes my head hurt. They really hurt. They get, they just make make me have fucking migraines. And because because this thing about it, y'all think about it. We just came off a banger of a weekend with New Japan. Okay, with New Japan Cup Finals and Dominion. We just came off last week the Great American Bash and Keith Lee becoming the first ever double champion in NXT's history. We just came off. Two weeks of the Great American Bash and Fighter Fest. And now to round out the pay-per-view schedule for the month of fucking July, we have Extreme Rules, the horror show. Uh, I just, I just, how in, how in the fuck am I supposed to actually give a shit about this? How? Do I? Hell no. Why, honestly, why honestly should any of us give a shit fuck or damn about this? Seriously, every every time, every ever since they announced Extreme Rules, the horror show, this literally has just popped into my head. You want a cold drink because you are thirsty, but you also want to not spend money. Get seven cups free with seven rubble. Well, sure as hell ain't that. <laughs> but I would love a big gulp right now from Seven Eleven. Just uh, this is this is what I actually been thinking. what the hell has been going on my head ever since they announced extreme rules that's what i've been thinking ever since they announced that it was going to be extreme rules the horror show Ooh, spooky shit miss me with the bullshit this go home week has been dookie shit garbage trash an appalling waste of our time According to, according to people I've seen, I saw on my Twitter, motherfuckers was just not even bothering trying to fuck with Raw. And one, and they had their worst, literally worst rated show in the history of the show. Ever. In the history of ever. I don't even know what the fuck happened on Monday. I don't. I really don't. And I don't care. Honestly, has WWE actually have made you even care about this pay per view? You have to like when I do these like, preview predictions for WWE, I ask myself these questions. 
I look at the card. I surveyed the card. I look at the card. They only have six matches on this fucking card. Which means we're going to get a short show on Sunday. And apparently, from what I have heard, Randy Orton and Big Show is a fucking thing. Big Show had three segments on Monday. Three. Three. In 2020, the Big Show is still in the WWE in a wrestling capacity. Why in the fuck should I care? I don't even want to do these predictions, previewing predictions, to be honest with you. But I do it for y'all. Because I think this is going to be the only preview predictions that I'm going to have for the month. And to be honest, I really don't care if my record is shit. I I don't care if I go 0-6. I really do not care. I hope this show sucks. And that's sad for me to say. As a podcaster, as a person who discusses WWE on a regular basis, three times a week, it is, it, it is, some people say, that's me. I do not give a fuck. Why? This is literally rewarding bad behavior. This is like W. This is WWE's entanglement. Damn, I'm really gonna catch hell for that, ain't I? Yep. Okay. This is WWE. WWE had an entanglement with itself, and this is this is the bullshit we about to get on Sunday. Hmm. Entanglement with August. I'm going to help. Um. All right. So to to, I'm gonna try to end my misery as much as possible before I actually take take a tag hammer and just beat it upside my head 36 times. Because I'd rather, I'd just rather do that than honestly do these predictions. But I'm gonna get it out of the way as fast as possible, so we can actually talk about some fun shit that went down on Wednesday. Because I don't give a fuck about Sunday, and I still have to watch the pay per view and live tweet on top of that. You can tell in my tone of voice I don't really give a shit. Okay, it's only six matches. We're going to get through it, Zach. You're going to get through it. You're going to do this. We're going to talk about Fight for the Fallen and how much fun we had with that. And then we're going to relax. We're going to watch SmackDown and live tweet and laugh our asses off. It's go home week. It's fine. You're fine. You're fine. Okay, here we go. Six matches on the card for this Sunday. And let us begin. We're going to go bottom up. I really don't give a shit, but we're going to do it anyway. Let us start with the United States Championship. Paulo Cruz and the newly made United States Championship belt. I haven't even given you my thoughts of what I think about the belt. Um, so let's let's see why we are here with this shit. So this is from all from Wikipedia, by the way. On the June fifteenth episode of Raw, MVP approached United States Champion Apollo Cruz and told him that he needed a manager if he wanted to continue his title reign. But Cruz declined to offer. The following week, MVP again tried to convince Cruz to join, but Cruz again declined. MVP then defeated Cruz in a non-title match on the June 29th episode. The following week, MVP unveiled a new United States Championship belt design, which, by the way, I actually fucking like. And it's been a long time coming for us to see the United States new, a newly minted United States Championship. Not gonna lie, the U.S. Championship looks a million times better than the IC Championship. Not even gonna front. More than likely, we'll download it on my WW2K20 whenever I decided to. I feel like playing WW2K20 because 
reasons. But that that is how we got to here. MVP approached him and said, you need a manager? Nah. Next week, need a manager? Nah. MVP and Cruz face each other. MVP beats Cruz. Boom. You got a title match. Cool. Whatever. I'm going with Apollo Cruz to t- uh, retain the championship. It's pretty much not hard. Why do we want MVP as the United States champion? We don't. At least I don't. I don't know if you do. Personally, I don't. I think it's just a waste. It would be a waste of my motherfucking time. And I'm quite thankful that the U.S. Championship's on Raw, and I don't watch Raw. So I'm good. But I I do not see why MVP, A, should be anywhere near the champion. You know what? Here's what we're going to do real quick. We're going to look at the Raw roster real quick. And... Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Raw roster. Mm-hmm. Do, 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 do. Look at look, look at the Angelo Douglas and Montez Ford in the front. Look at that. I like that shit. It's nice. I don't think I might want to change the championship though with Becky. Uh do, 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 do. Alright, so I'm looking at the I'm looking at the raw roster right now. Over on USANetwork.com. And I can I'm just gonna scroll through. I would honestly I would have no problem seeing Ricochet versus Apollo Crews for the United States Championship. I would love to see AJ. Actually, no, AJ's now on uh SmackDown. They gotta fix that. Um I wouldn't mind seeing Samoa Joe versus Apollo Crews for the United States Championship somewhere down the line. I wouldn't mind seeing Kevin Owens versus Apollo Crews for the United States Championship. Rey Mysterio, I would even want to see versus Apollo Crews for the United States Championship. Aleister Black, um, well, Carl Anderson's gone. Um, Cedric Alexander, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh, Andrade, wouldn't mind seeing that, you know. And that's just the few of, just a few of the top. Why? Why? Just why? Why would I want to see MVP versus Apollo Crews when I could see Ricochet, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, um, who else though? Seth Rollins would be a fire. That would be actually a fire as the United States Championship. Aleister Black. Cedric Alexander, Buddy Murphy, uh, Akira Tozawa would be dope, Rey Mysterio again. Uh, and I would rather see all of that before I see MVP fight for the championship. This is lazy. Lazy. Where's Ricochet? Where's Aleister Black? Where are they at? Do you even feature them? Because I don't watch Raw. Do you even feature them on Monday Night Raw anymore? Somebody needs to tell me and let me know if they even feature these motherfuckers anymore. Cruz versus MVP? Really? Really? I'll, I'll Paul Cruz retains, man. Get, get MVP out of here, bro. Don't get me wrong. I use, I'm, I'm an MVP stand, but I don't need, I don't need none, none of that. I don't need none of that shit. Okay? I don't need none of that shit. Moving on, before I just take my head and just bash it against the freaking coffee table, and my mother kills me, Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt in a Wyatt Swamp fight. Now, this kind of does have me interested, because they're going back to the old Bray Wyatt. I mean, the, the fly with the buzzards. Bray Wyatt, and I love 
that Bray Wyatt. It's unfortunate that they never gave that version of Bray Wyatt his just due and actually allowed him to be uh, Mr. Do-do-do-do at WrestleMania. Okay? But let's see. Let's talk about why. Let's see what Wikipedia says. Now, at Money in the Bank, Braun Strowman retained the Universal Championship against Bray Wyatt in that boring... Of a match. Wyatt returned on the June 19th episode of SmackDown in a Firefly Funhouse segment that was interrupted by Strowman, who declared that Wyatt had his chance at Money in the Bank but failed. Wyatt stated their rivalry was just getting started before appearing as the old cult leader persona of the Wyatt family. Wyatt stated that since he created Strowman, it was his job to destroy him. The following week, Strowman recounted how he initially joined Wyatt, reciting a story about their time at Wyatt's compound in the Florida swamps. Strowman then challenged Wyatt to return to the swamp for a fight, and a non-title match between the two called the Wyatt Swamp Fight was scheduled for Extreme Rules. Now, I know they've been doing a lot of cinematic shit since we can't have fans because of COVID. Coronavirus be damned and all that shit. Anyway... This could be one of the more interesting matchups because it's a cinematic match. They can do a lot with it. And does it pique my interest? A tiny bit. Given the fact that, you know, we're going to get the old, old Bray Wyatt. I miss the old Bray Wyatt. If I put the buzzes Bray Wyatt. You know what I'm saying? So at least we're getting, in that aspect, we're getting that. Which is perfectly fine. I'm not even mad at it. Can't hurt my feelings with this one. This, one's, this one could look, this one could be better than we think it's going to be. It's one of those matches. Um, would I say it's my dark horse match of the night? I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to have to say yeah. I'm going to have to. I don't want to, but I have to. So I I would say this is the one we should keep an eye out on. It's non-title, so it doesn't affect Strowman that much if he loses. I think Bray Wyatt's going to win this. I think Bray Wyatt will defeat Strowman, and this feud will continue all the way to SummerSlam, and I think they will end the feud there. Again, it's non-title. So, if Strowman loses, he doesn't lose the championship by any means. And Strowman did beat Wyatt at... What was that? I can't even fucking remember how much I hate this shit. Um, At Money in the Bank. And... There you go. Now, I need to ask one question to the, to the, to, to the people, and that being y'all. Where the fuck is Otis at? Have, has anyone seen Otis on SmackDown? I just need to know, because I, like I said, I haven't watched SmackDown literally in the past three weeks. And um, has the motherfucker even showed up? Has he showed up? Anything. Talked a little bit. Said, oh yeah. And chilling with Mandy. Eating cupcakes and bonbons. Steaks and wet shit. Have we seen Otis? I don't know. Again, I haven't seen the show in three weeks. Your guess at that point is as good as mine. Just certain questions need to be answered. It's one of them. But I'm going to go with Bray Wyatt to defeat Strowman again. It's non-title. So if, if Wyatt defeats Strowman... It's not going to affect him in the sense of losing the championship. And 
This feud will lead up to a match at SummerSlam where they'll end the feud there. I don't know who will win at that point, and we'll we'll just continue on. Bailey versus Nikki Cross. How did we get here? Well, according to Wikipedia, on the June 19th episode of SmackDown, Nikki Cross attacked WWE Women's Tag Team Champions Bailey and Sasha Banks, leading to a match between leading to a match between Cross and Banks that Cross lost. The following week, Cross won a fatal four-way match to earn a SmackDown Women's Championship match against Bailey at Extreme Rules. As much as I do love me some Nikki Cross, and I do, um, she ain't winning. Because they're saving Sasha and Bailey. They're saving this. Because they, they want a crowd. So they're going to do everything they can to ensure Sasha versus Bailey is the matchup they get in front of the crowd. And which at that point, we don't know what will happen. Sasha winning the championship. And, um... I, and I feel I, honestly, and I'm going to be real for a moment. Let's 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 have a real conversation. Let's let's be real, you and I. I'm hold on. Excuse me. One moment. This is very. This is not for podcasting things. It's just I had to grab something real quick. My apologies. I feel so bad for the Raw and SmackDown divisions right now for the ladies. I do. Because um, I know right now Sasha and, Sasha and Bailey are carrying the brand. And, you know, Becky's going to be a mommy, which is cool. She's going to have her baby in December. Charlotte has something going on with her fake tits. Um. Leaky shit, apparently not not good uh, when you get implants. Apparently, um, so Sasha and Bailey are carrying pretty much the entire Raw and SmackDown women's division on their backs, and it is quite a heavy load. It's unfortunate though for the rest of the divisions that they are pretty much getting nothing. And um, I didn't watch last week's episode of SmackDown, because of course, I was enjoying vacation, and thank goodness I did it, because apparently, four of the ladies in the SmackDown Women's Division had a karaoke competition. Really? Really? So, we cool with having a karaoke competition on SmackDown, but we can't figure out a goddamn way to build the divisions up so we can have credible contenders for the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships. NXT can do it. Why can't WWE? It's not hard. I'm not saying I'm going to book this shit on the fly because I'm not, I'm not in the mood to do so. I, I'm, I'm too pissed off at WWE as a, as a whole. Well, more so main roster than an NXT. But you're literally just feeding them to Sasha and Bailey for the simple fact that we are literally more than likely 
going against Sasha versus Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship somewhere down the fucking line because Vince McMahon wants to ensure this match is in front of a crowd. I get that. And I'll discuss further when we get to Asuka and Sasha why I think the way I do right now. If but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Bailey to retain because for the simple fact that they want Sasha versus Bailey at some point. So there you go. Miscuzi. Mm-hmm. Can I just not do the rest of this? This this is how much this makes my head hurt. Alright. Uh, where are we at right now? Okay. Let's get this Mysterio Rollins bullshit out of the way. And we'll go from there. From Wikipedia, it states, on the May 11th episode of Raw, Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black defeated Seth Rollins and Murphy by disqualification. After the match in Enraged, Rollins used the corner of the steps to pierce Mysterio's eye, taking Mysterio out of action. During this time, Mysterio's son, Dominic, attempted to stand up to Rollins against Mysterio's wishes. On the June 22nd episode, Rollins attempted to pierce Dominic's eye, but was unsuccessful. Mysterio then challenged Rollins to a match at Extreme Rules. On the July 6th episode, Mysterio and Kevin Owens defeated defeated Rollins and Murphy in a tag team match, allowing Mysterio to pick the stipulation for their match in Extreme Rules. And of all the damn stipulations you could fucking think of, we have to deal with an eye for an eye match. WWE later confirmed that in order to win the match, one competitor must extract the eye of their opponent. They make my fucking hurt. If you cannot tell, this is literally, literally frustration. I, I could literally throw everything in front of me right now, but I'm going to refrain because, well, I'm not trying to pay for, uh, you know, apartment, you know, fees for fixing things. So I will just literally just, you know, sit here and just punch my fucking belly. God damn. WWE main roster, Vince McMahon, fuck you. Bruce Prichard, fuck you. This is dumb as shit. An eye for an eye match. I would rather have them do a ball sack cutting match. I would literally watch a circumcision take place on a baby than watch this shit. Damn, that was fucked up. Wow. That was very heel of me. Uh, Okay, Ricky, I apologize in advance for that statement. My bad. I'll be over with the pygmies in New Guinea. Amen. But seriously, an eye for an eye match where the match can only be one when one competitor... Can't we just have a regular old street fight like they normally do at Extreme Rules? Seriously. CGI, motherfucker, CGI. This is embarrassing for not only Rey Mysterio, but for Seth Rollins. Because whoever loses this is going to be walking around with a fucking eye patch on. After this all is said and done. It's stupid. This is stupid. 
This is the one match I could literally give less of a fuck about. And I don't even give a shit who wins. I'm going to go with Rey Mysterio because I feel like it's the right thing to do. But seriously, an eye for it. Of all the matches you can compile into your head, I would literally rather see... I was thinking of I was actually thinking of bullshit match of match stipulations. Uh for this. I would rather literally see a Judy Bagwell on a fucking <laughs> I would rather see Judy Bagwell on a pallet match than this shit. I would literally rather see a flag match. Seriously. I would rather see a bunkhouse brawl, a boiler room brawl. I would rather see another pit fight match. I would rather see Dominic on top of, above the ring in a shark cage. Than see an eye for an eye match. This is an embarrassment. For both of these men. If I'm Seth Rollins, I literally would be cursing out Vince McMahon right now. Actually, no. I'd be cursing out Bruce Pritchard because he was the one I was probably thinking of this shit. This is an embarrassment. I'm going with Rey Mysterio. But again, this is just... Really? Really? I would rather watch Flies Fuck. Yeah, good. Moving on. Asuka versus Sasha Banks. Now, see, this match I can fucks with. See, this is this is the match I can fucks with. Right here, okay? Ah, this is actually one of my matches on my dream on my on my wish list in 2020. And I'm glad we're getting it. Let's see if we actually get something here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on the June 22nd episode of Raw, after successfully retaining the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship, co-champion Sasha Banks issued a challenge to Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship, which Asuka accepted for extreme rules. Though Banks is a SmackDown wrestler, she and partner Bailey can appear on any show as the Women's Tag Team Championship is shared between Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Now, for those of you who have been checking out my show, I went uh, not not all my day ones, not all my day ones. I don't know if there's many of you day ones left um, out there. If you're listening, if you're listening over on anchor.fm slash young lions perspective, and for that, I appreciate you. I love y'all. Y'all already know what time it is. But I did a little booking back in the fall of last year that I thought was sheer fucking genius. And what I did is I booked the two-woman power trip. I did. I booked the two-woman power trip. I did it. It's it's there. Trust me when I tell you, it's there. I'll, I cannot tell you which episode I did it in. But I know it's, it, it fell sometime between um, September and late October. I know that for a fact. And I thought it was the dopest thing. I would add one of the best booking things I had ever booked in my entire life. Quite simply, the two-woman power trip. 
have Bailey and Sasha Banks hold both the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships, be heels on top of that, and hold the Women's Tag Team Championships at the same time. Seriously. Dead ass. I booked that. It was some good shit. Here's the thing. As we look at this, the entire structure of Raw and SmackDown right now. You have Bailey, of course, your SmackDown Women's Champion. Asuka, at this very moment, is the uh, Raw Women's Champion. Now, I am a bit conflicted. I'm a tad bit conflicted with this one. Because we do know Asuka won the Women's Championship at uh, Money in the Bank. And I still think there are some matches that Asuka needs to have before she drops that championship. I do. Um, Bianca Belair, that's a fire matchup. Shayna Baszler, we kind of need to visit that. Those are at least two, and you can have those carry at least a good portion of the fall. Once we get past SummerSlam season. Here's my worry. Is that they're going to take the title off of Asuka and give it to Sasha Banks. Only three months after... Uh, Was it three months? No, two months, actually, because I think she won the title. Yeah, she won the championship in May. Two months after she won the Raw Women's Championship at Money in the Bank. Not knowing she won, but winning it nonetheless. My heart is telling me Sasha. My gut is telling me Asuka. And I've always been taught, always go with your gut. And I'm going to go with my gut. Though it may be a swift kick in the ass of remorse and regret, I'm going to go with Asuka to retain. As much as I would love to see Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Bailey hold all the gold in the women's division, because I think it would be a massive way to be able to create new stars, trust me, it would work. Promise you, it would work. Part of me kind of still wants to see Asuka hold the championship. Would I be surprised if Sasha Banks took the Raw Women's Championship away from Asuka? No. Would not in the slightest. As a matter of fact, I'll probably type on Twitter, not surprised Sasha won the championship, let the two-woman power trip begin. Somewhere along those lines. And then I'm only going to be mad at myself because I didn't pick uh, Sasha to win. That'll be the only thing I get mad about. Other than that, I'll be perfectly fine. But I think right now, Asuka does need to have a bit of a run with the title. It would be a disservice to WWE to have Asuka drop the championship a little two months after she just won the championship. But part of me has that feeling that Vince McMahon would want to make Sasha Banks versus Bayley a really, really, really super big deal and have Bayley and Sasha Banks face each other with all the gold on the line. Well, actually, with both titles on the line, Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships. Somewhere along those lines. I hope that's not the case. I hope Asuka does retain. But again, wouldn't I would not be surprised if Sasha Banks became the Raw Women's Champion and we got the two-woman power trip that I had booked last year. Guarantee it. You can find it. September and... Um, September, sometime between September and October. I had booked it. Genius shit. God-tier shit. It was fantastic. But I'm going to go with Asuka to retain. 
and I hope and I hope I'm right because then I don't know how they're going to be booking the Raw and SmackDown women's divisions, um, especially with the way they've been booking the women's divisions as of late on the main roster, which is basically like hot garbage, hot garbage, okay, hot garbage. But to end this misery, that is the Extreme Rules, the horror show. Oh, this is going to be a fucking horror show. Preview and predictions, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. <sighs> After being drafted to Raw from NXT in the 2018 WWE Superstar Shakeup, Drew McIntyre aligned himself with Dolph Ziggler. Although the team saw success in winning the Raw Tag Team Championship, they eventually broke up. Ziggler was moved to SmackDown the following year, while McIntyre remained on Raw and won the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 36, Night 2, in early 2020. On the June 22nd episode of Raw, McIntyre was interrupted by Ziggler, who was traded to Raw because, you know, that two-for-one AJ Styles deal where they, where Raw got uh, Ziggler and Rude and SmackDown got AJ, you're welcome. Ziggler brought their history together, claiming credit for McIntyre's success and stated that McIntyre owed him a title match. McIntyre, noting that he needed an opponent for Extreme Rules, reminded Ziggler that it was he who gave him the nickname the Scottish Psychopath and has asked if Ziggler still wanted a title match, and Ziggler confirmed. During the contract signing the following week, McIntyre told Ziggler that he could choose the stipulation for the match. So not only did he just gift him a WWE Championship match, he allowed Ziggler to pick the stipulation. What? Huh? What? Why are we giving Dolph Ziggler a title shot? Hmm? Why? What, because you ain't build nobody else up? Probably. You didn't. We know you didn't. Drew McIntyre is retaining the championship. I'm just going to tell y'all right now. Spoiler alert. Fuck you. This is so dumb. This is just... This is what happens when you do not build anyone the fuck else in your main event scene. You have Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, you lost AJ. So let's put Ziggler in this motherfucker. Ziggler? Really? Really? Name the last time he did anything of importance in the WWE. Truly anything of importance. Title reign, big match. Man can sell his ass off, don't get that twisted. But seriously, ask yourself this question, my people. My dude, my lady, he, she, they, them, all y'all, all y'all, every single last one of y'all, doesn't matter. Asking all y'all, name the last proper time Ziggler did anything of importance in the WWE and didn't involve bullshit. Don't worry, I'll wait. This is, uh, I'm picking Ziggler. Uh, nah, yeah, I wish I was picking Ziggler. I'll be on drugs. I'm picking McIntyre to retain. The only reason we're doing this is just a placeholder matchup to get us to McIntyre versus Orton at SummerSlam. Because you know damn well Brock Lesnar ain't fucking showing up for a payday if he ain't got the crowd with him. All in all, oh yeah, I, I, I'm done with that. I'm the yeah, McIntyre chance. It's not hard. All in all. Extreme Rules is looking to be a very big nap session for me. I only, and I'm going to say this, I've literally fallen asleep once 
in the entirety of the existence of the of the YLP podcast, I have literally fallen asleep once during a pay-per-view. Once. That was last year. If I'm not mistaken, that was... I don't even remember what the pay-per-view was after WrestleMania that year. It might have been Extreme Rules. I fell asleep. Why? I don't know. I was tired. Went to the gym. Got it in. Felt good. Chilling. Big chilling. Next thing I know, I'm passed the fuck out. Wake up an hour later. I'm like, huh? What happened? Oh, okay. Oh, oh wrestling show's still on? All right, cool. Yeah. Seriously. I would rather watch my niece tell her, tell the dogs that my, that my sisters has, Princess and Honey, no for the next three hours while eating McDonald's french fries. And that would be more enjoyable, more than likely, than watching this shit. I hope, and I always say this usually for WWE pay-per-views, and if y'all listen to me long enough since I became a member of Wrestle Addict Radio, I hope they prove me wrong. I really fucking do. If there's nothing else in this world, the one thing I always wish and hope for is to be proven wrong. I hate being proven right. I hate it. As much as I love to talk shit and do my I told you so dance in the pimps in the crib, looks hot, jumpy looks hot. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'd rather be proven wrong and them have a somewhat decent pay-per-view than be proven right, come here on Monday and bitch for 45 minutes. And that will be your show for Monday. Garen fucking T. That will be your show for Monday. It's either going to be we're actually going to have a proper good, the bad, and the ugly that was Extreme Rules with a dope-ass title because I thought of it, or you're going to get a 45-minute rant from me about how much this show sucks, how much the main roster sucks dick, how much they don't give a damn about Raw or SmackDown for that matter, how much they don't care about the tag teams because there ain't a tag team fucking match on here. The i 4 and i match was probably going to be bullshit. Ziggler McIntyre probably shit the bed. Um, the Swamp Fight was trash. Both women's title matches were trash. The entire card was trash. And then I'll be done for my Monday. And then I'm just going to go uh, fuck off and go to bed at 8.30 at night. Like an old man fucking boomer. The choice is yours, WWE. Either make it worth my time or I'm a bitch about y'all for 45 minutes come Monday. Choice is yours. But that's going to conclude the Extreme Rules preview and predictions. And uh, I'm not going to apologize for any of the, anything I honestly said besides to... Uh, Ricky and the rest of the team because they, I know y'all hear this shit and I know I said some things that are going to be so whoo, but hey, y'all been rocking with me for about the last six months and this is, y'all know my style and this is how I get the fuck down. Alright, and for those of you who are new here, you just got a crash course on how, what happens when I get pissed off at some things because the show fucking is probably going to be an absolute straight up abomination of a dumpster fire. But when we come back though, when we come back, I'm not excited of this fucking Extreme Rules. I don't want to see it. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. When we come back, though, we get to talk about AEW Dynamite on a brand new edition of Light the Fuse. And also, we're going to be talking about a little bit of news about the ratings that went down last night. Uh, the ratings between AEW and NXT came out. We'll discuss that for a moment, and then we'll break down the entirety of Fight for the Fallen that went down this past Wednesday. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we 
episode 229 of the YLB Podcast. And it is time for a brand new episode of Light the Fuse, where I talk about this past Wednesday's episode of AEW Dynamite, break it all down, and we have a good time with it. But before we get into that, of course, I'm going to talk about a couple things. Uh, this segment of the program is, of course, uh, brought to you by our Patreon over on patreon.com slash radio. Much love and all that good stuff to all of our uh, patrons over there, hanging out, chilling, talking in the chat. Oh, wait. That's one of the benefits, but I'll get into that in a second. Again, patreon.com slash radio. 17 cents a day. A dime and seven pennies, 17 pennies, three nickels, two pennies, doesn't matter. Can get you access to our Patreon group chat where we talk about uh, wrestling, all that stuff over there. We got a little trivia thing going on right now. Nate's running the show over there. That's about as far as I'm going to take it. If you want to know what kind of trivia we're doing over there, consider joining our Patreon. Also, also, you'll be able to listen to exclusive Patreon shows you will not be able to see on, see, well, technically you won't be able to see it, or you won't be able to hear it on regular Wrestle Attic Radio programming. Um, shows like Love and War with uh, Kate Murphy and King Ricky Rose talking about uh, dating as a professional wrestling fan as well as a professional wrestling podcaster. It's a really damn cool show. Um, fell in love with the first show and, you know, I just enjoy the shit. Also, uh, Fretz is Fay 5. Fretz comes in with his top five, whatever topic he feels like doing that week. He's done recent episodes. I believe he's in recent episodes such as women's wrestlers in your house take uh, in your house uh, shows, and I, I think you know that's really cool. Um, Fritz has been doing that for a hot minute, and it is absolute fire. As well as my uh, exclusive Patreon show, The Secret Files, where basically you do not know what I'm going to bring to the table until you actually press play. Um, I know I haven't done one as uh, in recent times. Um, I just really it, it's nothing against you guys. It's just I haven't really properly found a topic that I really want to dive into. I, I, I do have a couple topics I want to dive into. Um, I just, I sort of really just be like, okay, I'm gonna pick one and we're gonna go for it. Um, but that will definitely be coming soon. So keep your eyes out for that. And of course, I think this is the, uh, the big coup de gras of why I, I personally believe you should join uh, our Patreon today. Um, how about 15% off with an exclusive code only to Patreon Patreon members, every time you go to our Teespring stores and at checkout, I'm going to say that one more time, exclusive code that will get you 15% off every single time you go to checkout, every time, doesn't matter, every time, sounds pretty damn good, doesn't it, that's right, patreon.com slash radio. $5 a month. We'll get you all of that access, and you get to talk with us, the entire Wrestle Attic Radio family in our group chat. I think it's a cool thing. I, I I love being in that group chat. It's hilarious. We actually talk about stuff, and again, Nate's doing some trivia over there right now. Um, I'd love, I, I'm enjoying it. I miss the questions, though, uh, a lot half the time because when they do them, I'm usually working, but it bees what it bees. But yeah, it's a really cool time. Uh, Jermaine, Kavita, um, who else? I don't listen to the two that, I'm, uh, that, were, that usually pop up in my head right uh, at, the, at the very first moment. But, of course, much love to all of the patrons who support us over on patreon.com slash Radio. 
Um, and speaking of Teespring, um, you can check out my store at teespring.com slash the dash YLP dash collection. And you can use that 15% if you're a patron to go get you some nice swanky ass YLP merch. I know it's the middle of summer right now. And I know some of y'all are still aren't have your gyms open, but you know, if you are able to be living in a state that does have gyms open and all that stuff, why not get yourself a dope ass YLP tank top? For all my fellas and ladies out there, of course, I got for the fellas, I got the regular tank tops. For the ladies, I got the flowy tank tops. Or you can get the boyfriend tees, looking clean, looking all nice and good. Y'all yeet dab on the haters. Or you can get yourself a nice pair of leggings, because I know the workout leggings is is the wave right now for a lot of y'all ladies. And, you know, nothing wrong with, you know, want to look good in the gym. But, wow. but think about it. What about some dope leggings with the Wrestle Added Radio on the back side with the Nice YLP logo on the right thigh, right quad, right there. Boom, looking good, clean. It's clean. I'm telling you, it's really nice. All of it was curated by myself. Um, also for the fellas, I have regular tank, uh, regular tees. Uh, also for the ladies, I have flowy tank tops. Uh, we also have sh- uh, shirts for the young cubs out there, the little ones, uh, and kids and toddlers. Pretty um, the colors are limited on those, unfortunately, but we do have it for the young cubs as well as accessories like coffee mugs, beach towels tapestries, organic, uh, you know, tote bags. Yeah, organic. It's like that. <laughs> as well as die cut stickers and much, much more. You can use that 15% if you decide to join Patreon. But, uh, but if you don't, and that's perfectly fine, always accepted, never expected, but do consider going over to teespring.com slash d-ylp-collection. Get yourself some swanky-ass merch. And if you do, make sure you tag me in it over on my Twitter, and I'll give you my Twitter at the end of today's episode so you can show it off to all the world. I can share it. You can share it. You can show off. My my mom pretty much went, went balls to the wall on that shit. She bought her, bought my nephew, my two nieces, um, my sister has a, has a hoodie. She's got a hoodie repping the brand. Um, yeah, it's, it's a family affair over here. And very, very soon, I'm going to have a nice little uh, family photo shoot um, to represent that. I got to get myself some YLP merch. I'm not going to front. I haven't bought anything because I had to save up money for vacation, which is, which is why I have not gotten myself some swanky YLP merch as of yet. But do also consider making sure you go over to teespring.com. Make sure you get yourself some King Ricky Rosé, the HBIC collection, the Fretzelmania collection, the Game Changer collection, the Delight Show collection, as well as our exclusive Pride t-shirt that we have over there. We've actually extended it uh, past the month of June, but none of the pro... This time around is just regular. You know, you're just going to buy it. Proceeds go to us, but we do thank the Trevor Project uh, for supporting us last month during the month of Pride, uh, having our bags, you know, all that stuff. We do show much love and appreciation to the Trevor Project for that. So, yeah, Patreon, Teespring, and I want to thank all of you guys for uh, checking out today's episode on AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com, Anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective, and Anchor.fm slash Wrestle Addict Radio. Now, let's get into a little bit of news. A little, 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 little tiny bit of news before we kick off uh, today's today's episode of Light the Fuse. And we're going to be talking about a little bit of the ratings. Now, y'all, mo- y'all usually know most of the time I always look for the ratings. Um, because I, I always look for Brian Alvarez's tweet um, to see what the uh, ratings are going to be. Uh, when they do come out, and they have come out, they came out yesterday, I did retweet them, I do know the numbers, but we're going to talk about it real quick, and from Forbes.com, 
AEW smashes WWE NXT amid Demo God promo from Chris Jericho from Alfred Kanua. Actually, you know what? I'm not even going to front. I like Alfred Kanua. He's no Mark Middleton, who is my favorite professional wrestling writer in the game right now. I love me some Mark Middleton. But Alfred Kanua is up there. He's, he's up there as well. Um, so let's see what Mr. Kanua is talking about today. AEW Dynamite defeated NXT for the WWE NXT for the first time in a month as the fight for the Fallen Television Special Top Wednesday night's broadcast of WWE NXT that featured a winner-take-all championship match for the second week in a row. AEW fight for the Fallen drew an average viewership of 788,000, up from up 10% from 715,000 last week. AEW came in at number 5 in the top 150 original cable telecast among the 18 to 49 demographic. WWE NXT garnered 631,000 viewers down 17% from 759,000 last week. NXT came in at number 49 in the 18 to 49 demographic, that very important 18 to 49 demo. So here we're So we got here so uh so as I said 788,000 to 631,000 Dynamite was number five this week in the 18 to 49. That's actually really fucking good. And NXT wasn't the top 50, but in the lower side of the top 50. So let's continue on. AEW is not taking kindly to its unfamiliar losing streak with President Tony Khan taking it upon himself to give a Twitter lecture about demos. And while Khan insisted that AEW remains in a celebratory mood due to the suddenly prioritized demo victories... Khan's message certainly took a combative and defensive tone as WWE versus AEW conjecture continues to deteriorate. The Sour Grapes continued on Twitter, with Chris Jericho insisting AEW won the ratings roar altogether due to its success in demos. Talk of ratings and demos were even prominent in Chris Jericho's heel promo during Fight for the Fallen, with Jericho now cleverly referring to himself as the Demo God. AEW has since released a Demo God t-shirt. These motherfuckers are on their shit when it comes to that. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, can I find it? I want to see if I can find it. See if it is a t-shirt. This is from Wrestling Inc. So I know they got this shit on deck. I know they have a t-shirt for that. I just want to see if I can find the t-shirt. Ooh. Please look. Ooh, there it is. You can find it on Chris Jericho's uh, inner Instagram. If you really want to go check it out, it's just a picture of Chris Jericho with some fancy lettering that says Chris Jer- uh, Jericho Demo God. It actually looks clean. I wouldn't buy it personally. That's not my style. Um, but we'll continue on. As for wrestling continues to deal with an inside baseball problem, where its audience is mostly compromised of hardcore fans with little growth among casual viewers, these petty demo wars figure to keep wrestling in the doldrums of niche message boards, comment, se- comment sections, and subreddits. Now, they already have some things uh, announced for next week's AEW Dynamite and NXT. So, let's, let's see what we got here. Uh, AEW uh, TNT champion, of course. Cody will be defending his championship. We won't know against who just yet. Hangman Page will take on Five, who is a member of the Dark Order, who will have Brody Lee in his corner. Ivelisse and Diamante will go one-on-one uh, as Hikaru Shida uh, is looking for some competition in the women's division. And they sure as hell need it, and we will discuss that in just a little bit. Um, the Young Bucks will take on the Butcher and the Blade in a Falls Count Anywhere tag match. And Chris Jericho and Jake Hager will take on Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy of the Jurassic Express. Over on the NXT side, to get you guys primed and ready, we'll be talking about this on Tuesday, more so. Um, 
Karrion Cross will be taking on Dominic Dajakovic. I can't wait to see how the hell this match came about, because uh, this match sounds fucking fire. Um, we we're going to have see Killian Dane and Dexter Lewis go one-on-one. -on -one. So this is going to be some interesting shit. Uh, let me see if there's anything else. And no, that's pretty much it from there. Um, so pretty much the margin of victory was AEW by 19.92%. Um, now, I believe this was the first time in three weeks uh, they actually gained a victory in the ratings. And this actually goes right into Light the Fuse. Actually does. Excuse me. This actually goes right into Light the Fuse. And we will discuss why they had the victory this week in the ratings war. The last three weeks, and this includes Fight for the Fallen, have really, really done themselves a great service. Um, both nights of uh, Fighter Fest were great. Um, Fight for the Fallen, I thought, was actually decent. It was actually a good show. Um, I know I always say all the time, NXT and uh, AEW have good shows. But this was actually a, a good show, you know. And... Of course, we must, as we always do with uh, NXT um, and Dynamite, for the most part, we always discuss the most important thing that came out of Wednesday, at least in my opinion, what the most important thing we need to take out of this. Um, and it's not Moxley versus Cage. It's not. And usually... Anytime I do the most important thing, nine times out of ten, it's always going to come from the main event because it's usually the last thing you see on the show. But here's what I'm going to think. Here's going to tell you what the most important thing you should take away from this episode. Sonny Kiss had the best match ever since he joined the AEW roster. Cody Rhodes had his toughest match ever since he became AEW. TNT champion. I'm going to say that one more time just in case you didn't catch it the first time for the people in the back as well. Sonny Kiss had the best match since he has joined AEW. And Cody Rhodes had his toughest match ever since he became the TNT champion. This match was better than Jake Hager versus Cody. This match was fan-fucking-tastic. And the fact that they opened the show with Cody versus Sonny Kiss made it even better. Coming in hot, out the gate, and you give me what we saw with Cody and Sonny? I was thoroughly impressed. I, I, I had a feeling that, and, and, here's the th and this is why I say this is the most important thing. Cody Rhodes is able to handle the schedule that he had put for himself. Real shit. Without question, he really has done a good service since he has won the TNT Championship. He stated it himself in the promo after he won the title. I am going to do a work a schedule like none other. I will defend this championship every single week. And he has, for the most part, uh, that I know of. He has defended the championship. And you got to think, this is kind of, and this is why I say it's, it's very important. Think of what Chris Jericho did 
when he was AEW champion, when AEW Dynamite started back in October of last year. Think of the people he put over. And he helped get over, in a sense. The two that always come to mind, Darby Allen and Jungle Boy. And not only did Chris Jericho, of course, win, but he had really good matches with Allen and Jungle Boy. Now, just think about that. Jungle Boy was also involved in a, in a title match with Cody, Hager, uh, and Sonny. I'm trying to think of Ricky Starks. And Ricky Starks now is a member of, a, of the AEW uh, roster. He's all elite now. Had the match. Had a damn good match. Had a really good match upon his upon his debut, and got signed. Cody is helping putting talent over the same way Jericho did when he was AEW World Champion. Darby Allen's now a household name. Jungle Boy's over. It wouldn't surprise me if they started giving a little bit more run with Sonny Kiss, Jake Hager. They had a they had a good match. This match was quite impressive. And I even tweeted it out on Wednesday. They're kicking it off with a title, but Sonny Kiss is the one we need to keep an eye on. I kept an eye on Sonny, and he had the best, best match of, I would say, I'm not saying his career, because I'm sure he had some, some good bangers outside of AEW. But at least in AEW, this was the best match he has had, period. Sunday Kiss is more than just a pretty face. He can go. And the now, the, the last 450 I saw from him was kind of, eh. I believe that was the tag match with uh, Cole Cabana and Brody Lee against uh, Joey Janela and Sunny Kiss. And that 450 was kind of, eh. The 450 he hit in this match was as clean as baby's butt after you wipe it and clean it and give it lavender and baby magic and just make it all soft and wonderful. That got a little weird there. Eh, it is what it is. He stole Crossroads. He hit Crossroads on Cody. Almost got the victory out of it. This match really solidified, not only continues to solidify the TNT Championship as a workhorse championship, but the, the opponents that Cody is going up against, though they may be a little bit lower on the, on the tiers, He's helping putting them over. That's really important to me, is that you're elevating the championship and you're helping, even in defeat, helping put over um, talent that he's going up against. Note, the most notable, I'd say, is Ricky Starks, given the fact that he made his debut with that and had a good match. But Sonny Kiss, personally, this is just me, gave him... Uh, one of the toughest matches that Cody has had since he has taken the championship from Lance, against Lance Archer. And even that match was solid. He has not missed, and I'm, I'm referring to Cody here, he has not missed in one particular match since he has won the TNT championship. This is the, this is the schedule that he wanted to pick up. This is the, what he wanted to do. And now you got to think, Tully was in the crowd scouting the match. You know what I mean? This, you know, are we possibly, maybe, maybe possibly seeing a Sean Spears-Cody match number 
Is it two? No, technically it would be three. But seriously, this was the this was one of my favorite matches of the night for me. Came in hot, started the night off hot, had a very good match, and the crowd and the crowd was bananas. You know, and and here's the and here's why I really enjoyed this. During the matchup, you know, there was a point where Cody started to get a little frustrated, started doing some heel tactics, started getting in the referee's face, and Arn Anderson had to get up his ass, had to get in his ass, and just like we need to calm that shit right now. He even started undoing a buckle pad during the matchup, throwing. You know, gets thrown into that bare buckle. Barely survived that on his own screw-up. He's now trying to do anything and everything he can to win. Because he knows that that schedule is starting to get to him just a little bit. He knows that he's going to have to, you know, do a do some things outside of his character in order to keep that TNT championship. You know, this, it's, you know, it's unlike Cody to do certain things. Hell, even the entrance for Sonny was was, was was pretty dope. Having the Jacksonville Jaguars cheerleaders with him, ain't nothing wrong with that. Okay. Jacksonville Jaguars cheerleaders, a la man. I am just a man. I am merely just a man. But seriously, this was the kind of match that I like to see open the show. All the time, every time they they did this too. Fa- it was fantastic. It was really good. It, I mean, Sonny came to play. Sonny came to play, and he went out there and did his thing. And I was thoroughly impressed. Sonny, well done, well done, sir, madam, whatever you like to call yourself. Um, you you did you you really made me a believer. Not that I didn't believe in you anyway beforehand, but. You really like when it's go time, you can go. So you get the thumbs, the, the YLP thumbs up for the week, man. Seriously, I, I for, honestly, if if there was an MVP to be given for fight for the fallen, I'm giving it the Sunny Kiss. He had the performance of the night. He and Cody worked very, actually worked very well together. I was thoroughly happy. With, of course, the result um, made sense. Um, have Cody retain a championship, but seriously, man, I was thoroughly happy with Sunny Kiss's performance, and I hope that they start to give him a little bit of run uh, going forward because match it's matches like that that can really make you a household name. Ask Darby Allen, you know, what happened with Chris Jericho when he became a household name after his match with uh, Chris Jericho. He became a household name right after that. Jungle Boy, same shit. Had a 10-minute match with uh, Chris Jericho. Didn't lose, was able to last the 10 minutes, became a household name. Crowd was behind him the entire way. <clears throat> can't go wrong with that. That's a victory. It's it's a victory all around for everyone. So you can't go wrong with that. Let me see here. Let me see. So let's get let us actually get into um Moxley and Cage for a moment. Because I I got a couple things lined up. I already know how I want to break this down. Because 
I got this, and I got that, and I got that, and I got that. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Mm, not so much that, though. Definitely not talking about the Nightmare Sisters. Going to put that out there right now. I will say, though, point of note, MJ Jenkins was on the show. That was a surprise shock. I was like, oh, MJ Jenkins is on there. That's what's up. Um, and that's about all I had to say about that because I had, I had, no, nah, we good. We are quite, um, good on that. Quite good on Allie and, um, Brandy Rhodes being a tag team. Just go back to being the bunny, Allie. We like you like that. I like you like that. Again, I am just a man. I am merely just a man. Moving on, though. Let us talk about the main event of... Fight for the Fallen. Moxley versus Cage. For the AEW World Championship. This was dope. This was dope. And the prelude to what, wh- why it happened, I guess the way it happened, was the promo that uh, Moxley cut. He said, for the past several weeks, for the last several weeks, I've not been the best for yours truly. And I've been pissed off and been out of shape for uh, many great things. But tonight, I get to purge all that frustration, hit and get hit, feel the adrenaline, live on the edge of a lightning bolt and defend my AEW World Championship. You can't take anything for granted. Tonight, we fight for the fallen. Friends, loved ones, heroes, the people we care about. I have a hell of a challenger in the machine, Brian Cage. Now, according to Technique by Taz, I won't be able to hit Hit Cage with the paradigm shift because he's just too big and strong. Well, okay. I won't worry about that. I'll rip Cage biceps in two. You remember, Taz, you remember the recently repaired bicep that Kate Cage on the shelf for months, right? I'm going to rip it clean off the bone. Enjoy the hospital. And that was the story going into it. He may not be able to hit the... Uh, Paradigm shift. Dude's too big. He's swole. He got muscles on muscles. His riblets have riblets. And for some reason, I really would go for a McRib right now, but that's neither here nor there. I don't know why it actually came to my head. Um, but let's get into the match real quick. Taz had the mic before the match, before uh, Moxie came out. So we are moments away from Brian Cage getting the opportunity that he earned. An opportunity at the AEW World Championship. Mox, you were chirping earlier on some propaganda bullshit about the machine not being 100%. Please, while you were quarantining with the wifey, Cage was wrestling on a regular schedule and training his ass off. So enough talk. Mox, come on down and bring that pre-AEW World Championship. And there's one cool detail that I love. For anyone who knows Danny Havoc, Danny Havoc, let's see if I can find him real quick, because I know a lot of people may not know who he is. Danny Havoc was a uh, was a professional wrestler. He was best known in um, Combat Zone Wrestling. Um, really dope ass. Um, one of the one of the bigger names in CZW. Uh, one of the one of the biggest names in CZW. Period. Um, unfortunately, though, back. On uh, May 31st, he unfortunately had passed away. Um, It was a shock to a lot of people. And it was was a big deal for a lot of people. Um, And and, and and, and just 
weeks earlier, just like about a month before that, his wife, Brianne Birkeland, actually passed as well. Um, it was a really, really big deal, and a lot of people really were saddened by this. Me personally, I didn't even know he had passed, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, he was one of the bigger names in CZW. Um, he was he was a crazy son of a bitch. Um, former CZW junior heavyweight champion back in uh, 2007. He and Moxley actually faced each other for the CZW World Championship. Um, he also performed at IWA Mid-South. Uh, Big Japan, Kai and Tai, DDT Pro, uh, DTU. He actually performed over in Germany with uh, Westside Extreme Wrestling, uh, which is a dope-ass promotion. Matches against uh, Matt Tremont. Let's see here, you know. Uh, unfortunately, uh, stepped away back in 2017 after 12 years in the ring, doing death matches, mounting injuries that forced him out of the business. He had won the CZW Tournament of Death twice back in 08 and 2013. Um, former, uh, former, the former two-time Ultraviolet Underground Champion, former World uh, Junior Heavyweight Champion, won the tag team titles twice, and also won the uh, GCW Tournament of Survival. Uh, he was also a Mid uh, IW Mid South Deathmatch Champion and H2O Tag Team Champion. He has had some crazy ass matches. He, he did return to the ring in 2019 uh, for a charity event, but um, it actually it was supposed to be a one-off. Uh, but he then returned to active duty. He was, uh, he did four events for GCW in 2020 as part of their tour of Japan. Um, and he was also featured in the uh, Deathmatch episode of the Vice series, The Wrestlers. Um, this man was crazy. Crazy. Uh, Grant Brooklyn, Danny Havoc, my man, rest in peace. Um, you have created a lot of memories. You were part of the reason why I, do, I did love CZW. You are an absolute animal. My dude, rest in peace to Danny Havoc. Um, and it was really cool to see John Moxley come out with a t-shirt in his honor, um, coming out with that shirt. I know a lot of people saw that and really were, were it was it was a really cool moment to see that. I was like, damn it, fucking Havoc, holy shit. And they, I believe they actually brought it up. Um, you know, it was it was really cool to see that. And it's one. It's sometimes like it's stuff like that that really you know brings it all together in the world of professional wrestling. Like when a, when a certain like when a wrestler passes, I mean you know it really especially there's and I, there's a lot of connections to it. I I knew Mox was in uh, CZW. I did not know he fought Jimmy Havoc for the world championship. Didn't know that. I might have to go back and actually watch that match because that match was probably absolutely insane. But it was a really cool, nice little tribute to that uh, before he, he and Cage went to war. And boy, did they go to war. But the thing was, the thing was, the big story, of course, was Moxley going after the bicep. That that re, you know, that repaired bicep. And he, and he, and that was the big story. And he did everything he could to ensure that bicep, he was going to, he was going to do everything to destroy that bicep. And he did enough to actually allow, to actually, to the point where Taz had to throw in the towel. He hit the paradigm shift during the matchup. He somehow hit it. I don't know how the fuck he hit it. He pulled that off fantastically. Um, The end of this matchup, he had... What was it? Moxley uh, after um, he went for the Moxley going for the armbar. 
Uh, Cage is starting to resist. Moxley starts kicking, at, um, stopping at Cage's head. Cage keeping, uh, Cage, uh, but Cage tried to keep the grip. Moxley prizes the grip, grins, uh, gets the fingers, bends him. Actually has the arm bar. Taz is shouting at Cage, trying to um, tell him to get out. Cage turns over. Moxley shifts his position. Now it's into like a somewhat of a Fujiwara arm bar. Um, Moxley grabs the other arm too, puts that in an arm bar. Cage is enduring all that. Taz is shouting at Moxley. Um, I think at one point, Moxley was giving him the finger. Uh, Cage turns over. Moxley turns into a mounted arm bar. He literally had the arm bar and it was flipping Taz off at the same time. There was nothing he could do. There was nothing at that point in that position. There was nothing Cage could do. He was stuck. He was either tap or give his have his bicep get snapped again. Taz had no. Taz didn't know what to do. Taz threw in the towel to save that to save Cage's arm. John Moxley somehow retains the AEW World Championship. After the matchup, he grabs the FTW Championship that was handed to him by uh, Taz, I believe, a week or so ago. Clobbers Moxley upside the head, starts throwing rights down on Moxley in a mounted position. Lights go out. And who do we see? Darby Allen leaping from the top rope with a skateboard attack to the face region. Um, this was a revenge for double or nothing after what happened to him in the ladder in the casino ladder match that allowed Cage to become the number one contender uh, for the AEW World Championship. And if y'all don't remember that, um, Darby Allen plus ladder plus cage lifting him up to plus throwing him out of the ring and you're welcome. But cage was pissed. Cage was cage wanted Darby's head. Started to go after him. Taz, Taz tried to convince him to get out. Cage was pissed. He wanted Darby's head. It took everybody and a grandma to stop uh, cage from getting in that ring and going after Darby Allen. So now we get cage versus Allen, and now Moxley gets past Cage, and now he goes on to All Out. I don't know at this point what they're going to do with Moxley. I really don't. I really don't know exactly what they're going to do with... um, Really don't know. I don't know. Um, it's, It's really dope, though. Maybe uh, Moxley and uh, Darby have a little bit of an alliance there. You know, wouldn't be a bad thing. Darby Darby versus Cage for the FTW title. Wouldn't mind seeing that. You know, would be interesting. And I like the fact that they're treating it like an actual title within AEW, even though it's not recognized as an actual championship. Um. That would, I think Moxley and Darby would be a nice little alliance. And, that they, uh, and like Mitchell says here on his uh, results and report, bring in the shooter. Bring in Shota Umino. Why not? Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, um, Moxley, he is the current reigning and defending IWGP United States champion. And during his G1 Climax Tour last year, um, he had a match with Shota. That's like a bit of a warm-up. Destroyed Umino in mere minutes. But he saw something in Umino um, that came, that, you know, he actually became his, like, his second, his cornerman, um, during the G1 Climax Tour, and literally exclusive to, uh, Mr. Moxley, called him Shooter, and he's, well, his name's Shota, but he called him Shooter, and he and Shota would literally go to every, if anytime he had a singles match, he was in the corner, he was actually in his corner for almost every match he had, which I thought was pretty damn cute, um, so that's why I think it would be sweet, but, you know, we'll see what happens with Moxley, but 
Alan Cage is now the next feud for Cage. Um, FTW Championship will be on more than likely on the line. We'll see what happens as we go from there. But one thing I was interested in, quite interested in, and I think it's one of the last two things I'll speak about on this episode. Um, Nyla Rose was actually was announced to come out during Fight for the Fallen. Comes out. Dasha, of course, was in the ring to you know conduct the interview. Asking you, we know from last week, you were you know you were announced that you were hiring a manager. Are we learning who that is this week? And of course, now I felt some type of way about that. Pretty much, homegirl home pretty much said, "I'm not telling you anything yet. I'll have her speak for herself." <laughs> I'm not surprised, but I was surprised. Vicky Guerrero, Miss Ex- Mrs. Excuse Me herself, the Cougar, is officially all elite. I don't give a damn about what Dasha said because that was a dumbass question. <laughs> Of course, Dasha had to ask it, you know, but she's not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you the strategy we have planned for now. Are you dumb? But when they are, when we're ready to go after the women's title, it will be the perfect time. And now that it is official, I have a message for the women's locker room. From this moment on, ladies, I am begging you to stop lying to yourselves about how great you are. You must admit that you are not smart enough to cheat to win. And lastly, Nyla is going to steal every opportunity they have you have ever dreamed of. Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose are a thing. And I like it. The excuse me part I can actually get away from. I, I can't stand that for five seconds. But think about that. Vicky Guerrero's all elite. And I talked about this a while back. A while, while back, actually. When she actually did an episode of Dark. And she was on commentary. I believe it was in uh, it was in Texas. Um, I actually forget what city. I wish I remembered what city it was. It was actually a small town. It might have been Corpus Christi. It may have been El Paso. I'm not exactly sure. But she did. This is when I was actually watching Dark on a regular basis. Um, she did an episode of Dark. For AEW. And WWE felt some type of way about that. And pretty much was just like. Okay you're going to be on AEW. Well you can go fuck off. Don't bother even doing some WWE shit. You're good. You do you. I remember Vicky was talking about. I remember I talked about the article. Where Vicky even said like. I don't even know that was a big deal. I was you know. not techni- I don't believe at the time. She was technically contracted to WWE. So she was able to go over to AEW and do some commentary. WWE felt some type of way about that, and they were like, "Well, you can go fuck off then." <laughs> Pretty much. Um, that's at least at least that's how I translate it from um, English to my language, um, which I thought was crazy because I thought it was nuts. I was like, "Okay, they're in Texas. It's a thing." Vicky Guerrero actually, actually surprisingly got an actually really good reaction from the Texas crowd. Yeah. 
And, you know, it was really cool to see her and Excalibur really work off each other. Um, that was really cool. Of course, of course, she was being a little flirty, little cougar, which I was like, <laughs> but that gave me the, that gave me a little bit of the heebie-jeebies. But um, yeah, I, it was it was it's cool. It's cool now to see Vicky in AEW, and I'm interested to see what they do with her and Nyla going forward. Expect a Rose Sheeta matchup. Um, coming in August for All Out. I know that more than likely we're not going to have All Out in Chicago. I'm going to put that out there right now. At least it's how I see it. Hi, Monka. Okay, you take a nap right there. Um, but seriously, though. Having Vicky Guerrero in there and now aligning herself with Nyla Rose, I think is the right call. I think it's perfect. I think it works. Um, Especially with Sheeta not having any challengers at the moment, since four of the top five are literally out with injury. The only other person you have there is Big Soul. Basically, and basically, she said, you know, she was asked, "Are you ready to give Nyla that rematch?" She says, "Yeah, always ready. It doesn't have to be her. The roster is a bit depleted right now, so anyone can challenge me. If you think you're tough enough and have the passion, find me. I'm waiting. Scary patience." Gary Payton. I might, don't mind me. I'm just, I'm just reciting battle rap bars. Um, let me see. Do I really want to talk about the tag matches real quick? I don't really need to, personally. I will say, though, um, quickly, I will say about the tag matches. Both were good. Both were fantastic. Um, FTR, Lucha Bros, so much replay value, it's not even funny. This match was as literal, literal old school tag team wrestling as it gets. Yes, there was a little bit of, you know, a bit of botches, but that's because uh, Pentagon and uh, Phoenix haven't really been around in AEW for a minute, given the fact that coronavirus be damned. But seriously, y'all, seriously, Lucha Bros back in AEW, always a win. Have them up against FTR, definite win match was dope as fuck a lot of people were really showing it love on twitter um on wednesday night a lot of people were really like yeah we like this shit excuse me this was a really good that was a really fucking fun matchup it was a really fun match i would i will probably replay that whenever i feel like it this was so much fun this is probably one of the better matches they had um and ftr cheated to win Dax unmasked Phoenix, got the inside cradle, and got the victory. Smart move. Very nice. Um, FTR, uh, then, you know, the Butcher and the Blade get upset by that. They still have the truck that they took from them last week. Young Bucks hit a double super kick on both the Butcher and the Blade. They get the keys back, hand them over. Kenny Omega comes out to the ring, has a couple few, has a couple brewskis. They cheers it, but they pour it on Omega's head. Not cool. But then again, it's retaliation for what happened last week. Kenny doesn't drink. So Kenny poured beer out. It kind of reminded me of uh, any superstar who Steve Austin threw a beer to and didn't catch it. Kind of the same scenario. Unfortunately for them, it ended in a still cold stunner. And that sucks. But <laughs> kind of the same scenario. I like beer. I drink beer. Not as often, but I like beer. If you hand me a beer, I'm drinking it. 
it's just common courtesy. Like I've been, there have been, I, I, there I've been to plenty of bars and there's some random dude is just like, dude, bro, let me buy you a beer. Just random. I'm friendly. If you want to buy me a beer, cool. You know, I almost mistakenly took both like a dickhead. I was drunk. I admit it. It'd be like that sometimes. I was like, oh, you know, but I was, it, but see, I'm a weird, jokey kind of dude. So I'm like, I grab both. He's like, no, 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 no. I get what you're Yeah, you get, you get clink, clink, drinky, you know, all that shit. You know, except beer, drink. Even if you don't drink beer, act like you're drinking. You know, then hand it off to a friend who drinks beer and let them enjoy the party. But so that's a little, there's still a little beef there. That adds a little bit of beef too with uh, Young Bucks and FTR. Now you bring Omega into it. Just an eye for an eye, one for one. You know, Omega was about to whoop that ass. Um, and a lot of people were thinking that, you know, the cleaner was coming back out. We'll see. And in the match they had against um, Jurassic Express, uh, that kind of came out a little bit. Um, the, the Elite did get the victory. But after the end of the matchup, which I thought was actually a really good six-man tag, uh AKA Jurassic Destroyer, that big ass fucking um that huge ass fucking Jurassic Destroyer, Tower of Doom style type shit, fire. Crazy. Crazy shit. But the important thing was, um, the you know, after the, he hit the one linged angel got the victory, um he shook hands with Stunt who was still unconscious, started right throwing right hands, you know, on stunt. You know, but he, he it's kind of like one of those, he had a blackout moment. Jericho in commentary was loving it, by the way. But, you know, I, I'm, I was seeing a lot of heel, healy things um, from Wednesday night. Cody was doing heel shit. Omega was doing heel shit. What? It's supposed to be babyface. What's going on? I need some. I need answers. I need answers. <laughs> I love it though. I don't mind it. They keep me guessing, and I don't mind it one bit. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. But we're gonna end this week's episode of Light the Fuse with, of course, none other. Then Le Champion, or as they like to call him nowadays, the Demo God. We'll go discuss his promo real quick and get them get the hell out of here. Because SmackDown's still coming on. So Le Champion comes out, the inner circle following him, jugs of orange juice in hand after the victory over Orange Cassidy last week. Le Champion is here. Last week we I had one of the best matches in AEW history against Orange Cassidy. Not only did I win, I won the ratings war. Just like I do every single week. I want to show and explain to you kids how ratings work. Yes, you want the overall viewership, but the most important thing is the 18 to 49 demographic, a.k.a. the demo. I have never been, never, ever been beaten in that demo. I am the king of ratings. I am the demo god. Of course, the inner circle praises Jericho as he continues to praise himself. One of the best matches in a long time. Everyone is saying the same thing. We love that match. We saw something in Orange Cassidy that we've never seen before, ever. Cassidy looked like a star just being in the ring with me. And that's true. But I know what the people want. I understand the concept of being a draw. Orange Cassidy wants a rematch. 
TNT wants a rematch. The advertisers in the demo want a rematch. Everyone watching right now wants a rematch. You want a rematch? Jericho versus Cassidy too, right? Well, if that's what you want, you aren't getting one. Cassidy had his chance. He did good, but not good enough. Cassidy took me to the limit. Crowd starts cheering, you scared? You scared? You scared? Jericho says, I'm not scared of some little dweeb with a denim jacket. I am the demo god, and that is why there will never be a rematch. So Cassidy, congrats. Enjoy the fact that you got to stand in the ring with a champion. Now go back to hugging best friends and remembering what it's like to be a main eventer. A sip for Orange Cassidy, and pour some out for Cassidy's dead career. Out comes Cassidy, coming through the crowd. They're still chanting, you scared? He's trying to tell him to shut up. Jericho says, I'll tell you what you really feel. You can go, but you don't have but you don't have what it takes to be on the champion's level. You're lazy, have a bad attitude, and you're an entitled sloth. So I will say it one more time. There will never be a rematch. So just take those sunglasses, fold them up, and shove it out of your ass. And get the hell out of my arena, you piece of shit. Cassidy gives a thumbs up. He gives a thumbs down. Jericho asks what he's going to do. And if you remember the Spirit Squad getting slimed on, think of that just with orange juice. The best part of the entire thing when that happened, Ortiz busting his ass in the orange juice. (laughs) Ortiz, much love to you, bro. Absolutely nailed it. Hilarious. Um, Starts floundering in it. Just busted his ass. Jericho yelling at Cassidy. This jacket costs $7,000. Someone give me a towel. Gets a towel. What does it have? Orange Cassidy face on it. Ah. Beautiful times. Beautiful times. And as in proper tradition, I'm going to close the laptop. Cell phone goes on top. And I'm going to say it like this. Fight for the Fallen this week. Actually, I will say the last three weeks, AEW has done a stellar job. Um, they finally got a win back in the ratings. They back out hold the lead. Uh, of course, they've been running the, pretty much just running the show when it comes to NXT and AEW Wednesday Night War. Which me personally, which me personally, I am perfectly fine with um, just enjoying both shows. You know. I'm perfectly fine with it. So, I mean, great show. And, I mean, I'm curious to see what's going to go down next week. Of course, I told you earlier in the segment what's going to be going down for next week. So, it's going to be interesting to see how they do it going forward as we now technically begin the road to All Out. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude episode 229 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we're going to close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you primed and ready. For episode 230 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, 
guys, that's going to be it for episode 229 of the YLP Podcast. Kicking off your extreme rules weekend in proper YLP fashion. I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are. And the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. And once again, Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode over on AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com, Anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective, and of course, Anchor.fm slash WrestleAddict Radio. If you have any thoughts, opinions, if you like the show, or if you hate the show, if you think I missed anything from today's episode, what do you think of my predictions? Do you think I'm actually on point with all six of the matches? Do you think I'm, I missed on, do you think I'm going to miss on all six of them? Do you think I'm going to go 0-6? You better not think I'm not going to go 0 Six. Sound off though. Let your voice be heard. Leave your boy a voice message over on anchor.fm slash young lions perspective. And of course on anchor.fm slash wrestle addict radio. If you're on the wrestle addict radio side of things, make sure you put YLP in your title so you know you're referring to me. And if I like what you bring into the table, like what you're talking about, I'll have no problem featuring that particular voice message on a future episode of the YLP Podcast and you will be immortalized for eternity. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP Podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Gads, the Parlors, the LinkedIn's, the Tinders, the Hinge, the Bumbles. I don't give a damn. It's a dating app. So what? You never know. Somebody could actually be checking it out. And, and for that, you're welcome. Now you can also do it Put it over on your, uh, just send a text message, uh, let a friend know about it. You can even put it in the DMs, put it in your Facebook Messenger. I don't give a damn how you send it. Just make sure you send it. Share the, share the love. Spread the love. Spread that, all that John out there. Because Wildly Podcast is a very, very nutritious podcast and very good for you. High in vitamin C, D, E, and Q. I think there's a, a B12 in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> But for real, share it across all your social media, for real. Um, show some love. Let a friend know about it. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Because in these times that we got going on right now, I know a lot of people are still at home and are trying to find some sort of solace uh, in this. So um, you can easily, easily tell them all about it. And we here at Wrestle Addict Radio, that being the YLP Podcast, the Kings of the Ring Podcast, the Game Changer Podcast, and the Light Show with Man Chappelle, we are not only... I'd say one of the best podcast teams in the game, period. And simply, 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 not only we are the cure for the common wrestling podcast, but we are absolutely 100%, without a doubt, the alternative for professional wrestling podcast, and that we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all do not have the anchor app, and you're not hurting my feelings by not having it. Whatsoever it bees with it bees. Everybody's got their favorite, you know, apps that they want to use for their podcast streaming platforms. That's perfectly fine. But if you think for one very quick second that you really believe that we're just all about ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com and anchor, A, we are. B, we're not. But if you were wanted to listen to the YLP podcast, the Kings and Rings podcast, the Game Changer podcast, and the Delight Show with Man Chappelle anywhere else you can find all the podcasts across several different platforms including apple podcast google podcast podcast addict player fm 
Podbean, and shout out to the Podbean squad out there, CastBox FM, Radio Public, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and of course, the good old Spotify fam. Search for the YLP Podcast, the Kings in the Rings Podcast, the Game Changer Podcast, and of course, the Delight Show with Manchapel Cross, all these different platforms, and you should have no problem finding it. What? So. Ever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast, in terms of social media, of course, of course, of course, you can find me across all different types of platforms, and we'll start off, of course, with the Twitters. You can find me over there at Suede Senator War. That's S U E D E S E N A T O R. Capital W, capital A, capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night, unless I have a prior engagement to attend to. SmackDown Live most Friday nights, unless I have a prior <laughs> engagement to attend to. Um, and as of right now, it is actually eight oh four as of this recording. So I will be doing a little live tweeting. Uh, after I finish recording and you're listening to this episode of the podcast, if you're not feeling the go-home episode of SmackDown tonight, it bees what it bees. You ain't hurting my feelings at all, if you don't. Um, <laughs> every WWE live pay-per-view, and I will be doing live tweeting for WWE Extreme Rules, the horror show, this Sunday night. Every AEW live pay-per-view, and uh, the next AEW live pay-per-view won't be in until full gear this November. So we'll get to lay lay low with the AEW pay-per-views for quite some time. Every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver special, as far as I know, NXT UK is still a thing. Okay? Um, And NXT UK will be back in the fold. We get Dublin, as far as I know, back back in coming this October. I'm very excited. We still don't know when we're going to be getting the... um, you know, the uh, next NXT TakeOver special. But when we do, I'll be live tweeting for that. And of course, I'm quite happy to hear and see New Japan Pro Wrestling is back in the swing of things. And I'm quite excited. It's going to be very nice, very good, very good, very good. And of course, y'all know I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. When it's not 3.30 in the morning. Well, when it is 3.30 in the morning, I should say. Uh, I went to the bathroom and I can't go back to sleep. So I'll pretty much be live tweeting for that. Good times at all around. If you want to follow me over on my Instagram, you can follow me over there at young underscore lines underscore perspective. You know, the mothership of everything that is YLP. You know what I'm saying? Um, It's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. Memes, 60 second thought videos. Updates on shows, breaking news whenever I find it uh, fit to be posted. Um, in case you missed it, anything, any sort of thing like that, you can find that over there on my Instagram. And of course, I do have a Facebook page. I don't, I'm not as active on Facebook, but my Instagram connects to my Facebook, so it makes it all worthwhile. And you can find that over on Facebook. Just make sure you search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Follow the page, share it with a friend or two. We all we're over a hundred followers on there, and I'm very excited to see the the growth of that. Much love to all of you guys who are following me over on my Facebook page, Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Thank you guys so much for that. Let's see if I got anything over there. Do, 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 do. Looking over the judges to make sure I fulfilled all my obligations for the week, and I believe I am good to go. So, 
usually on Fridays for those of you who are new. Um, just one thing before I get into my little message of the week. Um, I just heard a weird noise there, random as usual. Um, any of in terms of the uh, you know card for Extreme Rules this Sunday. I only did the six matches because that's a that's what I found on my Wikipedia pretty much yesterday. Refreshed it, same shit. Any matches between that will be made between now and Sunday, I will not be taking part of in terms of predictions. My predictions are made. It bees what it bees. Um, usually, whatever is on the Wikipedia setup. Um, that is what's going towards the, uh, predictions and the final, uh, standing, um, at, at the end of it, when we talk about it on Monday. So if there's any matches that are being announced, I'm not predicting on it whatsoever. I'll just, I'll just enjoy it for what they are. And again, I have missed the last three weeks of smack, last couple of weeks of SmackDown. So, um, I'm pretty much out of the loop in terms of what matches could be made for extreme rules this Sunday. My apologies for that. So we're just going with the six that we have, and hopefully we get a good good uh, record coming out of it. Uh, other than that, though, uh, like I said, for those of you who are new, I usually do a message of the week towards the end uh, for the last show of the week, and this is the last show of the week being set. Uh, I was going to say Saturday, but Friday. Um, so I know it's Friday. I'm, I know most of y'all are still in states that are in, um, you know, unfortunately may have been locked down again or cases are surging and all that stuff. But as I always say, um, you know, maybe, you know, it's, I don't know if the cases are rising because, you know, just people are back out and about or any of that sort of thing. But of course, at the end of the day, I just want to make sure all y'all, especially who are listening to this episode on the podcast or any person who listens to any episode of Wrestle Addict Radio in general, please do be safe. If you're going to be going out tonight, as I always say, please make sure you drink responsibly. Drink one for me, whatever you're having. And uh, and, and make sure 100% you take that Uber or Lyft home. And make sure you have your mask on hand. Even though you are drunk, you can still look pretty cute. Let's selfie. I'm telling you that right now, but speaking from personal experience. Fly shit, match your outfit. Look clean. Um, <laughs> but do please make sure you take that Uber or Lyft home because that five-figure bill that you have to pay for that DUI is not the best of ideas. I promise you that right now. I'm not speaking from personal experience, but I do know people that have to, have to unfortunately, have to deal with that. It's some real shit. It bees what it bees. But other than that, guys, that's going to be it for me. Enjoy the remainder of your weekend if you're watching SmackDown, as I am right now, as in this time this is recording. Enjoy it. It's the go-home episode, hopefully. You get uh, we get a good episode. Hopefully, we got a good episode. Um, if you're listening to this on Saturday, it is what it is. Other than that, guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Oh, before I before I almost go, I got to break down what I'm gonna be talking about this coming Monday. How foolish of me! Episode two thirty will be going down, of course, this Monday night. Back to regularly scheduled programming. Back to the Monday, Tuesday, Friday grind, and two thirty. This could be either a regular episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, or for the first time in quite a long time, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly will turn into I'm Going to Rant My Ass Off Monday. And for those of you who have checked out at least one or two episodes of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, there has been a couple occasions where I actually have simply just ranted my ass off, hit, hit record, ranted my ass off, and called it a day right after that. Done. 
No music, no church in the wild instrumental, nothing. Just flat on silence, niche talking shit, calling a day and we go home. Simple as that. I don't know what we're going to get into. I don't know how this uh, pay-per-view is going to pan out, but hopefully they decide to prove me wrong. So that's when it's going to be going down this Monday night. Again, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Try to enjoy Extreme Rules as best as you possibly humanly can. And hopefully, I'll see you guys back here for an actual episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly for episode 230 of the YLP podcast. See you! This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.